Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. The landscape for short films is changing quickly. One might say we're entering a golden age, where content is being taken seriously, and you can even make money off a five-minute video, if you get the right eyes on it. Traditionally, getting those views used to be all about submitting your project onto the festival circuit. This also came with a stipulation that you couldn't exhibit your project online or anywhere else if you wanted to make it in. That's not the case anymore. It's occurred to me that many of our audience may not know just how valuable a Vimeo staff pick can be to your career. The distinction, which celebrated its 10th anniversary at South by Southwest this year, can lead not only to massive exposure, but gigs from brands, producers, and even music companies. You can really make a name for yourself if you're one of the three to four projects selected every day by Vimeo. Case in point, my guests on today's show who have combined for 19 staff picks between them. Daniels of Swiss Army Man fame and Kirsten Lepore, whose animated shorts in the style of High Stranger led to jobs like creating an episode of Adventure Time, which later went on to win an Emmy. Together, they joined Vimeo's head of curation, Sam Morrill, to discuss how to get a Vimeo staff pick, what the staff pick can do for your career, and how to best position yourself for a successful career after creating a short. Hey guys, it's John, and I am here at the Vimeo, is it the lounge? What do you guys call this place? Uh, this is our sleeping quarters, actually. <laughs> yeah, we're in the Vimeo dorm. Vimeo dorm. Apple compound, but for Vimeo. Just like yeah. a big donut. It's super sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's a good For all, all those viewers out there, that just imagine Apple, but with a big V on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go ahead and ask you guys to introduce yourselves so that our listeners can uh, acquaintance themselves with your voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so starting with you. Sure. Uh, my name is Sam Morrill. I'm director of curation at Vimeo. Great intro. My name is Daniel Scheinert, and I don't work for Vimeo, but I have some staff picks on there, most of which I made with... Daniel Kwan. I am the other Daniel. We are uh, directors, I guess. And I'm Kirsten Lepore, and I'm also a director, usually animation-specific. By herself. Yeah. All yes. by myself. <laughs> Solo. <laughs> so then, uh, what have you guys directed, I would say? Let's just... Let's start with this side. All some pretty awesome huge projects i think for a lot of our audience so maybe kirsten's just... big hits are move mountain uh, <laughs> yeah. bottle and yeah, high stranger yeah. super viral hit which got a lot of deep cuts yeah, like some of uh, our deep cuts that are our personal favorite booty clap booty it's a pretty clap. great uh, little money gem um the the, the guest story of north america story is that what's called america yeah that was that's like her first big hit um, I like the Guess Who a lot just because that was like what that was like your first staff pick, right? Yeah, it was. Guess Who, yeah. And then you got to search up the Adventure Time stop motion episode. Of I course. don't think it's on Vimeo. No, it is. It is. Oh, secrets. It's secretly yeah. up there. I just uploaded and didn't tell anyone, but yeah, the whole Adventure Time episode is up on Vimeo. <laughs> so someone noticed that. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's now. Kirsten. Yeah. Cool. What have we made, Kirsten? Thanks, guys. Okay, so. Um, you guys made, uh, <laughs> so, okay, biggest thing in recent history would be uh, the feature film Swiss Army Man, one of my personal favorites. Uh, it, it really, seriously, it's kind and of not about just, her. And not just because I know you guys and I'm married to one of you guys. Um, I, I, no, I think I can, I think I would objectively still love this movie so much. It still would be one of my favorite movies of, uh, what year did it come out? 2016, it's a, 17? It's a feature film that's mostly about how Kirsten made Dan Kwan less scared of his poop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still working on it. It's, <laughs> there's still progress to be made. Um, and then you guys also, uh, okay, some of your other deep cuts on Vimeo would be 
uh, dog boarding um, would be uh, turned down for what? That's your one of your biggest music videos, I would say. Uh, DJ Snake, whatever. Mm-hmm. Starring Little Daniel John. Kwan, so just imagine that guy. Yeah, he's talking. in that. Um, interesting ball. Uh, what else am I? Mi- There's so many. There's just too many. Yeah, no, you passed the test. I that think, was, that I was think a good score. Shiner added up the staff picks we got, and there was like what 14. I counted 14 between our three accounts, but then oh. they said 13 earlier today. Yeah, I might have been wrong. How many, how many accounts do you guys have? Was well, Dan Kwan, Daniel Shiner, and then Daniels? They're cheating. Uh, They're we cheating. Joined. We're definitely cheating. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has these two year-end videos that are pseudo mm. behind the scenes that both got featured. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I just have five. Well, it's, <laughs> animation takes a long time. It's fine. That is yeah. true. I've definitely probably done way less. Films she has a than better ratio. Right. Eh, I don't know. Of short films. Wait, there's so, so many more films I'm not mentioning. What that's, am I leaving that's, out? That's okay. That's, I mean, that's, that's what 19 films between you guys that have gotten a staff pick. Yeah. I guess. So, you know, like let's talk about maybe how you got those uh, distinctions. Like, what do you think it is about your work? Obviously, it's yeah, all very original. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah, why'd you give us that? <laughs> and why didn't you Sam. pick some of the other ones, goddammit? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I can take credit for the early staff picks. I think the, that credit would go to Blake Whitman and maybe Dallas Verdugo. So totally. shout-outs to the, the founders yeah, of the staff OG. pick channel. Yeah, oh, wow. Our very first short film we ever made uh, was less of a short film and more of a visual effects test called Swingers uh, based on the movie by um, I forget who John Favreau Favreau? Favreau. no Favreau stars in it didn't make it I think think Doug Lyman made it oh really but anyway I've never seen it I watched the first (laughs) 20 minutes it sucks Uh, but we made a movie give it a chance it's It's garbage just a bunch of bros running to Vegas (laughs) moping about a breakup I couldn't finish it I'm a fan Uh, oh uh, hot takes already (laughs) it's Andy's Andy's favorite movie my friend but anyway oh my god I gotta finish it I've never finished it but so we decided to make an ode to a movie we'd never seen and for some reason they staff picked it and we decided to become a directing duo I think one of the weird like maybe it's like a subconscious thing uh, that happened we, we just uh, at least for me personally I like ate drank and slept in Vimeo like when I was like not in class I would just watch Vimeo videos I, I remember the first time I watched a, a Vimeo staff pick I was like holy crap this is just made by a dude like on his own in his house and so I just ended up uh, watching everything you guys staff picked and my like this was still in college and it was like my goal to become a like a staff pick alum or whatever um and so i think just naturally just by watching all this stuff and just like wanting to be a part of that crowd and just do just achieve this things that they were achieving like eventually we were able to do it um though honestly it was kind of an accident like the first one was not like it was not one of those things where like i'm going to make a masterpiece that was like a warm-up to like one day we'll make something staff pickable exactly yeah like went ahead and picked that we're like i guess we can quit trying and that same things for you kirsten too the first thing that you got staff pick was just kind of an accident right yeah i didn't even i didn't even know what a staff pick was actually so i wasn't even striving for it at that point i wasn't striving for it until i got it uh, and then, yeah, then I became addicted to it, and I was like, now I have to, now I have to get more staff picks. It is like a drug, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Now, were any of your early staff picks part of the Vimeo HD channel? Is that possible? Because remember the Vimeo HD channel, mm-hmm. which kind of ran parallel to Vimeo staff picks, oh. and then we eventually sunset that because HD became the industry standard, so yeah. it was no longer special to have a video in HD. You're right. I remember that, but I don't, remember, I don't know where 
our videos stood. Yeah, um, probably not the HD channel. That was like mostly yeah. like time lapses and like slow mo yeah. tests. And Honestly, like that. yeah, none of our stuff looked good in HD, so it was definitely not that. <laughs> I I love that like not even that long ago. Like that was that didn't doesn't feel like that long ago. That was like ten years ago where yeah. HD wasn't the standard. Like yeah. everyone was still making SD stuff. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. God. Totally. It's the five so D Mark II I think was ten yeah. years ago. Yeah. And that's the reason. Like we were doing a camera test with the 5D Mark II, because I just got, I just bought it, um, I think my junior year or my senior year. Um, I had one, I had just won a, uh, one, you know those com- online commercial contests? Yeah. I don't know if they still, if they're so popular, but me and Shiner, we would do them all the time in college. That was like our me summer too. jobs. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah I would Kirsten too. Did them too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that's so why I bought the camera and I was like, let's go do a camera test because I just got this camera. And that was, that was Swingers. That was the right. first staff pick. So all these things kind of coalesced and just, it, like we said in our talk earlier today, it's just like it was just a, a really good accident that it happened, and then from then we were able to like retroactively decide uh, how we got there. But yeah. Sam was going to tell us what makes a staff pick, or yeah, why yeah. Why yeah. Pick okay. um, give us why'd the rules. Our... What are the rules? <laughs> well, there aren't any any rules, so to speak. Uh, it's kind of free form, but um, I mean, should we maybe give the audience kind of a background on staff picks and what it is for those who aren't familiar? Sure. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of our, our audience are familiar, but yeah, give us uh, give us your your because it's your kind pitch. of a big deal. But Ooh, do you want me to pitch your staff picks? Well, so I mean, here, so it, it was it was founded ten years ago, so that's what we're, we're here at South by for right now is to celebrate the ten year anniversary of staff picks. So to date, um, over twelve thousand videos have been added to the staff picks channel. Um, and they've been viewed collectively, I think, over two billion times. Holy crap! So on average, we feature somewhere between three and four staff picks a day, and they kind of, and they vary in terms of genres. So um, we're featuring anything from comedy to drama to action sports to travel videos to something we call eye candy, which is kind of a nebulous term for anything that's visually inspiring. And we do music videos, and so I think with with Daniel's at least, like your earliest staff picks were mostly music videos, right? Or they were maybe unofficial music videos in, in the case of dog boarding, for example. Yeah. So that was done with a Foster the People track, but that was not the official music video, was it? Well, not? now that it's been long enough, it, it, it was kind of like officially sanctioned by Columbia Records. Yeah. That was originally supposed to be a viral short for Coke Burn, the energy drink. And uh, they shelved it because they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> they were like, can you take out all the shots where they step on the dogs? <laughs> like, that's the yeah. that's the thing, guys. The meat of it. Why'd you yeah. pay for this? And so it, it sat on the shelves f- for three, four months, which honestly isn't that long, but like still we're like, oh, fuck, that's never going to see the live day. And then uh, Saul Levitz over at Columbia Records, who's one of the commissioners, saw it and was like, that's dope. How much did it cost? Oh, that's nothing. Let's just buy it and just put a Foster the People track on it and just put it out on the internet. And it'll be like a sort of just like a a, a, a little viral video that puts the music out there. And yeah. it was, that was the like. So we had to throw yeah. away the original music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so the, for, for the, the first staff pick of yours, Kirsten, that I remember would be Bottle, I think. And I think it was Guess Who. Well, Guess Who. Oh, yeah. that, of that I remember. That oh, was the, oh, yeah. Oh, from your era. Your era. Because I started in 2009. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Guess Who was, I think, in 2008, maybe. Yeah. Um, but so with Bottle, was that your graduation pr- project? That was my first year short for CalArts in right. grad school. Yeah. So that was like the first year project. But 
I actually think bottle isn't staff picked. I think it has a. I know, I'm like oh, it's controversial. Oh, I actually think it's because I recently went back and tried to look at them. That's I think impossible. It, no, it's not staff picked, but it but it got chosen by. Uh, but it was like part of the Vimeo Festival thing. So. It was well, not it wasn't yeah. just part of it. It won the Vimeo yeah. It won, Festival. Like so, it has that badge. It has like that community winner badge, which is like a really specific, which almost feels even cooler. But I'm pretty sure. I don't believe that I'm, we didn't. Hold on, we're checking right now on our iPhone. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure it's that. not staff picked. I'm, I'm guessing that you accidentally removed it from the channel as uh, people sometimes do. No. That That's a thing? Oh yeah, no. totally. Here's Lapor, 1.7 million views, no staff pick badge. Is, wait, would it be possible for me to... You might not be able to see it on the, the mobile version okay. of the site. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so, we can we can find this out later. Okay. Not, trying to, not trying to put you off yeah, I just want to... Well, we'll, we'll, we'll look into that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. We, I have plenty of other We agreed to the podcast so that we could uh, grill you. We <laughs> challenge you, so, yeah. Dan and I just made... a trap, actually. A movie called Interesting Ball. Everybody thought it was real good. No staff pick on it. That one got staff picked. I don't remember. No, that one got staff picked. Yeah. Sorry. So then, what would you guys say that that staff pick then did for your careers after it happened or I mean your your first staff pick since yeah. you have like I think for for Dan and I the biggest thing it did was a morale boost like we we literally like we're just friends who made something and this like stamp of approval and subsequent like comments and exposure uh made us keep making stuff you know and and yes other people saw it and maybe it got us work but like that was the biggest thing yeah we probably would not be working together um if Vimeo hadn't just said, hey, this was good, because that was just a test. And we would, we would just like do things here and there for fun together, but never like it was never like a decision. Let's make things together as a directing duo until we started getting like consistently getting attention on Vimeo. And that was that was mostly what the staff picks did for us early on. And then and then once we hit a certain point, then it was really just like all these record labels were seeing it. A lot of these um Actually, in London, a lot of these ad agencies are seeing our stuff. I think um, for some reason in London, our work really resonated over there, and they, a lot of them saw it because of Vimeo, and that was where we did most of our first commercials. Was just because people um, from London were like, "This is dope. Let's make let's let's fly these guys out there." Um, but which, most importantly, <laughs> it got the attention of other filmmakers. We always like joked that like right, Vimeo, yeah. like uh, ten thousand views on Vimeo is worth like a million on YouTube. You know, as right. far as like. What They're will come real out views, of it or right? Yeah, yeah. Meet yeah. Or, the quality uh, of the views. So, like, yeah. through that community, we met um, animators in London that we loved, and filmmakers David Wilson and Julia Pott and uh, Mikey, Mikey Please, please yeah. who introduced us to Kirsten Lepore, who Dan married. So, thanks, Vimeo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I also have a really concrete um, kind of success story from a staff pick, um, which was like very easy to trace, uh, which was that I got a staff pick on my CalArts thesis film, which is this film called Move Mountain. And as soon as I released it online, um, I actually had like kept it offline for a long time and then was trying to submit it to festivals and it wasn't really like doing much on the festival circuit, wasn't doing that well. Um, and so finally I was like, oh, I'll just put it up online. And so I made it public on Vimeo. And then like the next day, um, I think it was like Jason Sandy that like got back in touch. It was like, oh hey, we like we we didn't know you were releasing this, but like we would love to staff pick it and feature it. And then 
they gave it a staff pick and I was so excited. And then literally a week later, I got an email from the Adventure Time showrunner. That's how I got that project. Um, Cause he literally was like, I just saw your film on Vimeo staff picks like a week ago. And this feels like really, uh, like it could go so well, like work so well in the Adventure Time universe. We've been wanting to do a stop motion episode. Like, let's let's do this, basically. Damn, that's yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was a really crazy story. I was just like, holy crap, I'm not going to, like, keep my film private, like, like <laughs> anymore in the future. Like, yeah. I will absolutely put something up online, like, as soon as I finish it now. Well, that's something that, like, I think we should definitely talk about is when do you put a short up online versus when does it have the distinction of being like, oh, we got to wait. We got to wait for festivals to come uh, or, like, get back to us about whether it's going to premiere there or not. Because I know that a lot of festivals uh, need that sort of premiere distinction right. uh, to exhibit your work, which is kind of honestly, I think Kirsten could talk to this better than we could, just because uh, we're just we're not really part of the festival crowd. Like we were very much just like internet, just our, our e- yeah, our ethos is like make it, put it on the internet, make another thing, um, and so Kirsten, I do have an opinion, but I'll, I'll go after Kirsten. Yeah, exactly. Let Kirsten talk first. <laughs> okay, Kirsten. Um, um, yeah, I, I just feel like in my experience, yeah, I've done I've done like a bit of the festival circuit thing, um, you know, and there've definitely been some benefits that have come to that, but um, or come from that, but. Uh, like the benefits of putting my films online have always outweighed, you know, the benefits of the film festival. And I feel like even if we should just look at like the numbers game, it's sort of like maybe a couple thousand people at most are going to see your film at a festival. And those are people that are paying money to be at the festival. So it's like a really specific crowd and specific type of person. And it's like a festival goer person, Um, not necessarily like you know, a client or someone that might like hire you for work in the future. Uh, and then, yeah, when you put your stuff online, like you have the potential for millions and millions, you have the potential for billions of people to see your work, like depending on how popular it is. Um, so it's Gangnam style. Well, that's kind of, yeah, that's basically Gangnam style. But yeah, you have that potential. It is there. It's, you know, it's a possibility and you could never, you know, you can never have that with just festivals. Um, but I also kind of feel like I kind of feel like from the research I've done, and I was actually just talking to Max Porter from Tiny Inventions about this. He's in, it's part of another um, um, animation uh, collective. Is uh, is like he's they just got nominated for an Oscar for their film Negative Space. So like they have a lot of experience in festival circuits, and I feel like he kind of corroborated this story that like there really aren't that many festivals these days now that are gonna t- like not show your film just because it's online. Like there are so few. I mean, I feel like one of them is the Academy Awards or whatever, but I don't know. I've they won't of, nominate you if it's online? Well, not not before you've had like a publicly, like a public paid screening or some, or won an, uh, a, an award at a qualifying festival. So it's still like a specific, you can put it on after that, but they have really specific rules. And then I've only encountered one other festival, which is like a children's film festival in Spain that told me I couldn't show my film because it was online. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whatever. <laughs> sometimes Sundance is kind of picky about it. But they've still shown a lot, of, like, like David O'Reilly's films are always online and they always show mm-hmm. his work, I feel like. Yeah, and a lot of other friends as well. Yeah, they're changing, yeah. They we're actually one of the first major film festivals to loosen up on that requirement. And mm-hmm. as a result, a lot of other festivals followed suit because Sundance kind of cleared the way for everyone else to say to kind of ease up on that restriction and say, mm-hmm. OK, if, if you're already online, that doesn't necessarily negate your ability to submit. I feel like South by kind of helped with that, too, because like they've been doing they've been showcasing music videos for so long, which are never exclusives. Right. And then like there was still people coming to watch those and loving them and being exposed to them and it was kind of like what's the deal with the premiere thing like 
Um, well, Notes on Biology, Danny mm -hmm. Madden's film, Truly, which yeah. won South by, I, I don't know if it was 2012 or 2011, it won the, the Schwartz Prize here. That was already on Vimeo and had been staff picked and had kind of had a viral moment on Vimeo before it then went to South by and won the award. And that was, I think, one of the earlier, earliest instances that I can think of, of a short that was already online going on to win a big jury prize at a major film festival. And actually, funny story about that is I remember that that film came onto the Vimeo staff's radar because you guys had commented on it because I guess you guys went to Emerson. Yeah, with Danny's Danny. a friend of ours. And we had we had never heard of Ornana Films prior to that, and we noticed that you guys had liked it on Vimeo, and we oh, watched it. Funny. Oh yeah, and I gotta go brag about this to Danny. <laughs> You're welcome funny. for everything, Danny. And actually, another funny story: Danny was like on a camping trip in the woods when it all happened. Oh shit! Yeah, so he was like he didn't have internet or anything. That sounds like Danny. That's yeah. very, very Danny. Danny. Came back from this camping trip, and his his film had. Gotten a staff pick, had gone viral, yeah. and he had totally missed it. You know, yeah. it was like for three days. But yeah, Danny Madden's not the kind of person who's he's going to care about missing. No, it. not He's at like, all. all right, cool, yeah, What's yeah, it? whatever. I'm going to work on my next one. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, I got to go back into the woods before this goes to my head. I'm going to be a hermit for two years, and <laughs> yeah. he just got texting. And just to add something as well, I feel like, like on the sort of viral tip, I feel like there's also some films that like really do so much better on the internet than they do at a film festival. Like I feel like High Stranger, High my Stranger, film, like yeah. it premiered at South by Southwest last year and it had like a had like a good reception at the screening. Like it was fine, but like, I don't know, it didn't make a huge splash or anything. And it really wasn't until I released it online that it just like totally blew up. Like it, it well, actually the crazy thing is you release it online with the rest of the films. It was already online. And it got buried because it was with a bunch of films. It was a 45 minute Exactly. So no one watched it. And then you released it on its own like a few weeks later mm -hmm. and it exploded. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. really fun to watch. But yeah, some films are so, more for the internet. Yeah, I feel like it, it's nice that the rules are getting relaxed at film festivals. And I feel like now it's more about the filmmaker trying to figure out like what's best for your movie. Uh, I feel like in most cases, I'm like an internet uh, fan. Um, and then there's certain like dramas or art films or experiments that like festivals can make a huge difference in a filmmaker's life by like giving that stamp of approval or putting it in a theater like there's certain things that like are not very fun at home in your bedroom on a laptop but like you know it gets curated by a festival and suddenly you're like whoa like i i, I gave this the attention it deserved you know like well, it's interesting that you say experimental films are like sort of a part of that wave that can do better in festivals because mm -hmm. I feel like you're you all have pretty experimental films. Yeah, I guess I'm saying real <laughs> experimental. I definitely do think of my real stuff abstract. as experimental, but like I think we always try to combine like uh, populism and experiments. Right, and which does really don't. well on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like there there are people who are like true experiment experimental filmmakers who like don't care about the audience and that yeah. stuff like doesn't work on the internet because you're just your attention is just pulled in so many different directions in a film like I was just thinking about this isn't a short but I we watched a ghost story in theaters oh, so good and it, it blew my mind away watching it in theaters because I was forced to sit there and watch it and it's such a patient film and if I had seen that on like Netflix or something I probably I probably wouldn't have the same effect and so there are certain films that just like um, that are just better suited for um, the theater experience like at South by a few years ago we saw Sequin Rays, is that oh, what it's yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. Which uh, became the Sarah, show. Sarah Gertrude Shapiro. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that it, became it the show Unreal. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, 
such a theatrical friendly experience. It's like they it's like an incredible short film with incredible performances and it's it's not like a viral video. I don't know if it It's on Vimeo, yeah. It is it's, now. It's, yeah, it's on Vimeo as a staff pick, but it, it it was released years after. But that was one where I was yeah. like but like it worked in a theater, you know. Sure. And I was like yeah, I don't know. Well, it also it's the, it's also the difference of watching something like that with an audience. I mean, it's a very totally. funny film. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The audience thing is a huge thing, and that's that's uh, that's something that we started working on, working towards more recently in some of our work. A lot of our stuff was just meant to be for the internet, but more recently, like trying to find things that can be shown with an audience because that's. Honestly, that's the stuff that like got us into filmmaking in the first place. Is just like try, trying to aspire towards uh, that's that sort of like confusing um, viewing experience where the person next to you can be laughing and the person like behind you can be like crying and the person in front of you can be walking out of the theater. Like that's kind of what we wanted to do. And you you don't really get that full experience in the internet because it's so insular. You just watch it by yourself and you can stop it two minutes in if it's if you're not into it. Yeah. And only sometimes read the comments, which right, is exactly. the community. But right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think while while we're throwing festivals under the bus and saying <laughs> Vimeo is the way to go, yeah. uh, the the counter argument uh, is, or the, what's valuable about festivals now and will always be valuable is like that they bring they they bring people together. So like, I'm glad that they're not exclusive, and still you know, putting that stamp of approval on people and flying people out to whatever city and like the the lasting friendships and collaborators we've met at festivals is what we got out of it. Not like gigs. Right. You know, yeah, or, totally true. You know, yeah. Like it's not you your exposure is like, you know, a hundred people, but like the real exposure is like your future wife. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or future husband. No, yeah, y'all yeah. didn't meet at a festival. Or yeah, or just future collaborators too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the that's the what's fantastic about being here. Well then so people, you know, make shorts kind of with an intent to get to festivals. Uh, you know, there's like people say you can't go over twenty minutes. Uh, there are certain things that obviously attract festivals more in terms of like dealing with social issues. When you're on the internet, uh, is there are there any like rules for making a short that will go viral in a way? <laughs> yeah, short, I mean, make, the, it short. make it short. Like yeah. the the, the barrier is even lower. <laughs> you know, like it, like yeah. if you're over two minutes, it oh, better okay. be good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the average staff pick is actually seven minutes long. Mm. Well, which yeah. is interesting. Well, Vimeo is different than the rest of the internet. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah. you guys are special because yeah, YouTube's average viral video is probably you know like a minute and a half. So right, totally. Yeah, seven minutes is like pretty intense. Yeah, but that's what that's. I mean, that's what the Vimeo crowd is looking for. It's like something very special and something that's going to be worth that time. But that, yeah, that puts us somewhere like in between like Vine and your average festival short. Because yeah. you know, here, here at, at South By, I'm guessing that the average short in like the narrative competition is probably 12 to 15 minutes, something yeah. like that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so seven minutes would be on the shorter side for South By or Sundance. Right, yeah. right. Does Vimeo ever like not include shorts that are over like 10 minutes for reasons or is it we don't we don't have it no that's just the average yeah. uh length but i i, I do is, think that the sorry. longer the short the the higher the standard that we're holding it to. i see what is the longest staff pick actually do you have that in mind like the number at least um off the top of my head i don't know but i know that we've we've featured a couple feature films okay hmm. Interesting. Uh, this yeah, guy yeah. uh dean peterson who's a, a filmmaker out of brooklyn he made a, a feature film a few years ago that that we featured as a staff pick okay, i'm blanking cool. on the name mm-hmm. um but people can just look it up dean peterson <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but so there have been a couple features on on staff picks right 
Florida Man was staff pick. That's like 50, yeah. 60 minutes. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, Cam Girls. That wasn't staff pick, though, right? I don't think it was staff pick, but that's on yeah. Vimeo On Demand. And yeah, that's, yeah, and that's yeah, a full-length yeah. you know, feature film. Sexy stuff. So then for those longer shorts, uh, you say like a certain type of quality is, uh, is looked for. What is that type of quality? Like what should filmmakers be aware of when they're making their films in terms of, I guess, production uh, values? Sure. I mean, with, with, with longer shorts, it's, it's gonna, less going to be a matter of like form or technique and more just nuts and bolts storytelling. So like in order to hold someone's attention, you know, if, if, if they're going to make it the full 20 minutes, it's not going to be because the image quality was so amazing or anything. It's going to be because you were telling an interesting story. Cool. Um, but that said, I mean, people, people watch staff picks for different reasons. I mean, a lot, a lot of staff picks excel on like a craft standpoint and are really just, uh, style over substance, so to speak. Um, but then other staff picks are just, you know, really bare bones production, but have a really funny point of view. So like the example I often give is, uh, Celia Rausenhall's short, The Audition, which is super basic. It's just a a single take, you know, uh, probably like a mini DV camera, DSLR set up on a tripod and it's just her and she's hilarious and, and it's, it's a really compelling video, but from like a, a style standpoint, uh, it's, you know, deliberately so it's, it's very, very basic. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, short form is becoming increasingly popular just in the fact that there's so many different ways to like exhibit your short form content now you know there's episodic there's music videos there's viral videos there's shorts for festivals where do you guys see the future of short form content going Mm. man the future um I, i think as far as you mean as like a as like a collective of of creative like video or or just like like as far as like a viable um career or like yeah what, what you I, I think yeah i think like if a filmmaker were to have like an idea for a short form piece mm-hmm. what is the uh best outlet for him to like or make her. a cur- or her <laughs> yeah hey <laughs> Sorry, that's why she's here <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the most attractive form of a short form content video is in terms of i don't know i do think that like your career. It, it, uh there's the possibility that we're entering a golden age of short film <laughs> yeah. stuff like yeah. you say <laughs> where like people like care a lot about content right now like there's all these dueling websites uh that want attention and instead of making ads they're buying shorts and being like, no, no, no come to topic.com we're buying shorts or like vice or whatever and like uh and so just the nice thing is like the job of the filmmaker is to tell really good thing, stories, like just tell the best story you can and that, that finally it's actually kind of viable. You don't have to like think of shorts as a stepping stone towards uh, one day getting a gig on TV. You could, um, and the same with music videos, like music videos used to be like sexy band footage, but now there's uh uh, I don't know, there's a market for like, no, you tell a story, like tell, tell an awesome story and that'll get people to listen to our music. Um, but, yeah. I, but I can't I, speak to that because we don't make money that way. Yeah, I mean, so maybe yeah, I'm I, making that up. No, but no, it's true. I think that that's like, that's almost like a, an ideal. Like it, right. it's, it's like a place where suddenly the, the way that the landscape works, uh, the, the media landscape works is that these big brands are paying you money to do whatever you want with it, which is insane um, as long as they can put your, your name on it. Um, and 
that that's like you know like like you said dazed actually paid for um interesting ball which was cool that was like a like a small little pockets oh and actually yeah right yeah, yeah. random acts that, that was part of that was um bbc random acts channel four um, but so, so like like that kind of stuff like Absolute Vodka makes short films with people and, and, and all these other brands. And I'm about to do one with Belvedere Vodka. Right, exactly. So yeah, where one. they're just financing a short film. That's exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So the, it, it's a weird. It's a weird. Vodka. Yeah. It's a weird thing where like that's actually now uh, possible because you know for a really long time short films were just kind of like why did you do that except for exposure. Now you can say I did it because I got paid to do it and I can actually make a living off of it and that's awesome. Yeah. But we I made will, like. 50 bucks we made 50 yeah interesting ball was not a good example we did not make that was a a tiny budget but um in order to even get to that place you do have to still just go the old-fashioned way of just making something and putting it online and hoping people see it and then deciding where you want to put it so people can see it is just kind of up to you and up to the context of what your uh your short film is and for us and for a lot of our friends like like vimeo is still just the place where um, there's a very specific audience and there's a very specific type of uh, person um, and a lot of producers and, and executives who, who have a little bit of uh, power um, they go to Vimeo to check that out and see like what, is, what are the young people what are the young people uh, making these days and I think those that's like you know Belvedere Vodka um, actually it wasn't Belvedere Vodka it was Janelle Monet who picked you right Kirsten that's probably true but I yeah. mean Belvedere had to agree the, right the right client right had to, but yeah. how did Janelle see your work I don't know on Vimeo probably yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um, so so it, just starting out it, it still it still seems like uh, just getting your your stuff out there is like goal number one and then from there you can it, hopefully it does well and you have options to be like should I continue doing these short films and uh, and trying to just do it on my own because that's also an option you can do that um, should I uh, you know sell out a little bit but at least get like a bigger budget I can learn a little bit more uh, have a bigger crew try things that I, I would never be able to do on my own um, and and go work with Belvedere or Taco Bell or whatever. Not that Taco Bell's doing original shorts. Yeah, they probably yeah, sh- not yet. They should. They probably should. Um, but Live Moss guys. What's up? So I just said Live Moss. Live Moss. There Brought you go. <laughs> this, Chalupas. Yeah, exactly. Brought to you by. Um, but Pepper yeah, yeah. Baseball. So so uh, the fun thing is before a short f- short films were a stepping stone to like TV and and film feature films. Whereas for like Kirsten doesn't even want to do feature films really, right? Nah, yeah. I love shorts. Yeah. <laughs> shorts are my. I'm like the only, maybe one of the only short filmmakers that actually just wants to do shorts for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, which is yeah, not a not a great uh, not a big money making money making thing at all. But yeah, it's changing. Yeah, it seems like it's changing. It's changing. Yes, I mean, I've never gotten like the opportunity, like this Belvedere opportunity before. Like I, it, that branded content kind of model is cool. I mean, you don't even have to put you don't have to put Belvedere in it at all. Like you don't have to. It's just like paid for by Belvedere Vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides that, commercials, yeah. music videos. You know, and that's kind of like the standard venues for it, or mm-hmm. ways to make money from it. Quan and I are, are, we've always been quantity over strategy, though. Like, we don't really, we, we've always been, like, making something, and as soon as we're done, we start making the next thing, and then we're not really thinking about how we're putting out that thing or where we're putting, we just try to, like, oh, yeah, it's everywhere. Put it in on a, that's great. Um, yeah. And I, I, do, I do think we're lucky, though, because uh, I, th- I think if our work wasn't doing well on the internet, we would probably take a step back and be like, okay, what, what do we need to do? What should we change? How do we strategize? But we've been really lucky where, like, we've just been, uh, for the past, you know, six, seven years, just maybe eight years now, actually, we just put it online and like, 
enough of them work that we don't have to think about the strategy. We just keep just like, okay, let's do another one. Let's 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 put it out there and do another one. And and some of them are misses, but like. Uh, we learn from it, and we just and we just kind of keep pushing forward. I, but we I, did kind of escape shorts, unlike Kirsten. Right. Yeah. We kind of like. Well, that was always the goal, though. That yeah. Was always, the yeah. goal we always was wanted always to do features. Yeah, we always wanted to move up and to just like try. It. Part of it, part of it, is because it was always the goal. But also, like I think at a certain point, like there was something really fun about the challenge of like, okay, we've we somehow at least. Um, somewhat figured out this this short form content thing and 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 we've made it work and it's very exciting but this new challenge is like that's the that's what i want to tackle now this is the new monster um and and hopefully one day when we finish when we tackle the feature monster we'll move on to i don't know children's books or (laughs) plays or something i don't know video games video games for sure robots yeah yeah we're gonna make robots (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah I, i i i can totally i could totally see us actually having to strategize a little bit more if we weren't so lucky. It really is just like this weird luck thing where we were in the right place at the right time, just making the right stuff that was like, that people were reacting to um, in a way that like, obviously before we started working together, I mean, he had he had some viral stuff before we worked together, but for, for me, I was not making anything viral. I was just like, just screwing around making weird things. So it, it, for me, it was like a, a pretty big, leap to have uh, our stuff just suddenly work (laughs) (laughs) you guys seem like you're not really precious with your work um in terms of like once it's done it's done and how long would you say you work on an average project like are you once you get into post-production are you like okay like let's get this done as quickly as we can and get it out there or is it like oh we really need to like make this (laughs) diamond you know like out of the rough i'll give you a little insight into their working dynamic daniel kwan is the precious one and daniel scheinert is like just get it just it's done just put it put it out there more or less Uh, i couldn't tell from the podcast that but dan dan and i both like benefit from a deadline so then it kind of forces us into that rushing thing but then we're learning to appreciate like uh trying to inject some some distance you know like a break midway through a project or before we full-on lock it like leave it alone for four days which we didn't do as a when we were younger what are the advantages of that break it's great yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah, i feel like even one day is great yeah the advantage is like you come back with fresh eyes and um and sometimes you realize like you were being overly neurotic about something that that, does, that doesn't matter, or you realize like you had been ignoring the real elephant in the room problem with the short. Um, and uh, we we learned that mostly on Swiss Army Man, by because we didn't have that and we wished we'd had it. I wonder where we actually had it. Interesting, um, we, while we had it, we like left it alone for like yeah. three months. Yeah, that that was a really long post process because it was, we we shot it without knowing how it was going to cut together. Like we didn't actually have a script. We had five separate scripts that had nothing to do with each other, and then we had to edit it together in a way that felt almost like a documentary editing process, where we're like, okay, what do we have? How do we construct this into something that makes sense? It was also documentary esque because we had no money to edit it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's the yeah. other reason it took forever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but even on Interesting Ball, I remember one, well, there was, or sorry, uh, Swiss Army Man, there was one note session that we got that was particularly rough, and we all just kind of felt really disheartened, and we uh, we just took the day off, and was like, let's go watch Steve Jobs. So, <laughs> so yeah. we went to the theater, and we just watched Steve Jobs, and it was just kind of like this really nice break to just not think about um, the problem so intensely, so that when we got back the next 
a week or the next Monday, we were able to just dive in and be a little bit more optimistic. I think that's a big thing. It's like not even like a creative thing. It's more just like a optimism thing. Like how, like how much you actually believe the, the movies can be fixed. Uh, after a certain point, you're just like, fuck it, this is impossible. It's never going to be good. Um, and then just like stepping away for a day, you can actually regain that optimism. At least I think for us, I don't know about you. You, you Your projects take forever, so maybe you can talk a little bit more yeah, about Yeah, I'm like that. the opposite. I'm super precious about everything that I put out because I put something out like once every two years probably. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just because it takes so long. But um, yeah, I don't know. And we never see what she's working on. Like, Yeah, not I really. I'm kind of hidden I, away. I literally knew nothing about High Stranger and it was being filmed in the door behind us. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, we share like a wall between our offices basically. Yeah. Dan and Kirsten have that in common. They're both they're we both don't, yeah, we precious don't perfectionists. I knew a lot about High Stranger yeah. before it came out though. That yeah, was okay. yeah, that was really fun. But the, I'm the one that's yeah, not Shiner didn't anything. <laughs> that's not sleeping yeah. in the same bed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so then Kirsten, um, you said something earlier about how, you know, you never want to make a feature. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about short form that you love? I really love that uh, it's, I feel like every choice I've made in my life from what I'm going to order at a restaurant to uh, the type of work I'm going to make is about sampler platters. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> even since I was a kid, like I literally would order the sampler platter appetizer because I just wanted to taste a little bit of everything. Like I don't need to eat the whole entree. I just want to taste everything in life. And that's kind of how I feel about shorts. Like I feel like doing shorts just allows you to work for a shorter amount of time on something, finish it, and then like inevitably, yeah, I'm. I, that's all I needed to do. I just needed to taste that, to like e- experiment with it, whatever, and then put it out there and then like on to the next thing. Like I'm ready to try something completely different, or at least like in my head completely different or something new to experiment with. Um, so yeah, being able to be a freelancer, that's like also a big part of it, um, like allows me to do that where I'm just moving from project to project. Things are constantly changing and it just feels nice and fresh and like I don't get too burnt out in any one thing. Mm, nice. How about you guys? Do you appreciate shorts over your narrative? For yeah, I mean, reason? kind of for the same thing. Uh, it's really fun to like work for two months and then be like, there's something and move on to the next, you know? And uh, they were the. Uh, so for no film school uh, listeners, our film school, we went to film school, but then our best film school was shorts. We like wrote music videos and commercials and shorts that were like uh, 90% inspired by what we wanted to learn next Mm. uh, or something that interested us and became better filmmakers just with each one, you know? And I think uh, if we'd been precious right out of college and been like, you know, let's just start writing our feature. We would have written a really terrible feature uh, and hopefully never gotten to make it or been made it and be like done with our careers. You I know? would still want to see it. But know. like, uh, that was, I mean, that was our favorite thing about shorts was we'd, um, we'd learn so much and uh, get to learn something new three times a year, you know? Yeah, like, that's great. It's all about scratching in, in, in a weird creative itch that like, um, now that we're doing features, is actually really, it's really hard because whenever I have this creative idea that I want to just like try out or, or, or want to experiment with, um, normally like back when we were doing music videos, we're like oh let's put it in the next music video or let's put it in the next short film. Now I, I, I uh, out of fear of like cannibalizing our ideas that we want to put in our features, we actually have to patiently like sit on it for a while and just be like okay maybe this will be something we play with. Um, in our next feature, but we can't just like immediately just do it and put it out there, um, which is, uh, you know, 
dangerous. Dangerous, yeah. Yeah, we better dick around a little before our next yeah, feature, yeah, or else gotta, it'll be bad. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So if uh, Taco Bell wants a custom short film from the Daniels. About what? Do you have like, a new idea? That I don't know. Bring that chihuahua to do back. Exactly, that exactly. There we go. Bring that singing, ch- that talking chihuahua back. Shiner mm. <laughs> used to be obsessed with uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, so I think. <laughs> I've never seen the movie, but the trailer yeah. for the first Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Have you seen any movies? Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the trend here. Shiner doesn't watch movies. He just I've like, likes the ideas a couple. of them. <laughs> but the trailer for Beverly Hills Chihuahua 1 like, is a missed opportunity. Because yeah. the movie's not a musical but the trailer is okay. it's just singing chihuahuas in an Aztec temple it's incredible <laughs> <laughs> well great guys I mean I should probably wrap up here so you can uh, keep on with South by um, but I will ask one final question and that's if you had any pearl of wisdom to give to our listeners uh, based off your experience um, mm. what would it be pearls we just gave our pearls in the talks, but we should reiterate our pearls. Yeah, you reiterate your pearls. <laughs> which, pearls. Which, oh, well, let me think about, I feel like there's a couple of ones. Should I say do a different one than you guys just did in the talk? Would oh, that make I, it I only have three pearls of wisdom total. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's it. Your necklace is three pearls. That's it. Here comes one of mine. Okay, you do it. You do it first, and I'm going to pick it back It's, uh... Some, there's some quote from someone that I don't remember where they said something along the lines of like, don't just watch movies if you're a filmmaker, mm-hmm. you know, that oh, like, yeah. uh, that then you're just going to make movies about other movies. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I think it's a fun one to say out loud because it's something I have to remind myself of too. Like I love movies and I can talk about them for days and like, uh, but it's so dangerous because I'll just end up, you know making John Wick, who cares? Yeah. Oh, oh, I love a nice, <laughs> I like just being controversial. No, but like, I'll, I would end up, I, I could have made John Wick. I love action movies, but like, it's kind of empty. I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, and just to add to that, I feel like I have been historically the opposite person where I didn't, this is gonna be real controversial, guys. Uh, you know this, you know this. I didn't really used to like movies. Like, oh, right. wow. like I only At started all. liking movie, like feature films I'm talking about. I only really started to like movies within, like probably since I started dating you, Dan Kwan, because <laughs> you got me, like you showed me some cool, interesting indie movies or whatever. Yeah, but you don't like any of my favorite movies, so that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're good, they're good. Yeah, exactly, but, just good. I mean, I'm still, I'm still not a cinephile by any standard, by any means. And, and I think Which that's actually- Which makes you a real interesting filmmaker. Yeah, I think that's made me a better filmmaker for sure. Yeah, because I feel like most of my inspiration, like it's like it's almost good that I don't know that much about. I don't know, like I'll make a lot of weird mistakes that I probably would have known better if I'd watched movies all the time. But it's like I'm just kind of making this shit up as I go, kind of vibe. Like that's sort of been my whole vibe, um, and it's kind of fun to work that way. And yeah, I usually draw inspiration from more like you know design and dance and illustration and like food food and yeah just anything that's not movies basically and i think yeah i think it probably makes the projects more interesting i think it actually helped our careers early on because neither of us were huge music video buffs like we liked we liked the director's label stuff and that was stuff was really creative but we really did not have a like an idea of the the historical context that led to where music videos were when we were working on them and so we were doing things because we we didn't know better and I think that that really helped us a lot just this weird uh, ignorance that 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 allowed us to uh, have a little bit more freedom than I think some people who were really um, kind of like music video worshipers or people who felt like it was a very sacred beautiful thing like we were just doing things because we were excited about it not thinking like oh is is anyone actually going to want to watch this within the music video context Um, 
and I think that really helped us just being a little bit naive. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. But, uh, stay naive, y'all. Stay, stay naive. naive, exactly. <laughs> Don't yeah. watch any movies. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and... Oh. Oh, no, I want Sam's pearls. Yeah, (laughs) Sam's pearls. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, take creative risks. Mm -hmm. Um, I so much prefer the videos that I find on Vimeo that take creative risks and ultimately fail. I prefer those videos to the ones that play it safe and are hard to criticize, but ultimately totally forgettable. And there's a lot of work like that out there. And a lot of work that gets, frankly, programmed at, you know, big ticket film festivals that I feel plays it really safe. Make Cloud Atlas, not John Wick. (laughs) (laughs) Take a swing. (laughs) Even though Shannon really doesn't like Cloud Atlas. No, he said like they swing and they miss. It's a really interesting. No, it's good. It's a good, that's a good pearl. Well, but fortunately, I mean, but I would say for all, all three of you, I mean, you guys clearly take lots of creative risks and fortunately for the three of you, it usually pays off. And so I wouldn't say that there are that many swings and misses. (laughs) No, if any at all, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's. I would just say, yeah, um, make yourself vulnerable. Make the yes. characters in your films vulnerable. I mean, oftentimes, you know, I I'll, I'll watch a short, and at no point are the actors being asked to say or do anything that, to me, indicates the least bit of vulnerability. And I feel like when you play it that safe, the the potential for connecting with your audience is, is really stifled. Yeah, I love that. Uh, both good pearls. The, the vulnerability thing, I think, is like mm-hmm. that's always like it's 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 a rare it's it's weird. It's we rarely start with vulnerability. Like most of our th- ideas start with like a stupid joke that we're like, <laughs> okay, let's make that. Let's see if anyone's going to let us do that. Um, but then the the second half of our process is always like, okay, um, I'm going to spend a lot of time on this. Like, what does this mean to me? And and th- I think that that part of the process is always the, the hardest and the scariest because I never know what the answer is going to be. Like, what what part of me is going to be put into it, and what part of us is going to be put into our work. But it's always the most rewarding and becomes this like uh, kind of essential part of of art as therapy. Yeah, art as therapy for sure. Um, I think it's really it's a great great pearl. I will also gladly admit that from my vantage point, it's really easy for me to say that from my curator's chair to <laughs> tell everyone to go out there and make themselves vulnerable. Be vulnerable right now. <laughs> tell us a secret. Uh, yeah, maybe on the next episode of the uh, No Film School podcast. Uh, cool, guys. I, can I ask for any more controversial hot takes before we leave? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to you know get those comments on the podcast. Yeah. Does comment? Does podcast have comments? How do uh, podcasts podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they call in just like the old video shows. So, oh, I'll, I have one more hot take. Yeah, you want go it? for it. Yeah. As you were talking about vulnerability, I was like, just don't make movies about aspiring artists that are so brilliant, but no one gets it who don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> just don't write that movie. <laughs> He's looking at me because yeah. I've made a lot of those. No, we've <laughs> almost accidentally made those movies. And <laughs> yeah. That's like that's like fake vulnerability. You know, like you read that screenplay all the time. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's not vulnerability. Work, work a little harder. And as an animator, I also feel like, uh, I say this a lot, um, and I said this in the talk too, but um, yeah, as an animator, I think that there is such an opportunity to to do anything you want. Like, you know, in that same way, like, don't write that same boring script and like, you know, you don't have to make human characters and they don't have to be in like a beautifully little crafted apartment made out of miniatures that mm-hmm. you create. Like, I see that a lot, you know, and like some of those films are amazing, but it's like, just like build a world. Like you can literally build any world in, in live action too. Yeah. And I think that that's like something to really take advantage of. Um, like just get creative, whatever you can come up with. It's amazing. It's so exciting. Get creative. <laughs> One, two, three. Get, get creative. creative.
creative. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the No Film School podcast on whatever podcast platform you use. Go and rate us on iTunes or whatever that platform may be. And be sure to tune in to The First Feature on Wednesday and Any Film Weekly on Thursday. I'm John Fusco. You can follow me at Jim underscore John underscore Jim on Twitter. And you can follow No Film School at No Film School.